so really honestly since uh, um i don't know maybe may june july the lord i you know i come here and pray a lot of people come here and pray and i was praying and the lord spoke to me and i'm not going to tell you the whole thing that he spoke to me today but he did speak to me and he said it is time it is time and it was very emphatic and so since then i've been asking him yeah, I know it's time. It's like long over time, Lord. <coughs> but I have been asking him, what specifically did he mean by that? What specifically did he mean it is time? And so I'm not saying that I have the whole interpretation of that, the whole revelation of that. But I do believe that part of what, a lot of what, he is speaking, as we are entering into a new era. We are entering into an era of the convergence of heaven and earth. The convergence of heaven and earth. The convergence of the warring angels of heaven, the heavenly hosts, and the warring believers in Christ. A union, a new revelation, new ministry of what he has to do here in this earth. And I want to tell you guys, you have been trained up as his warriors. You are not little kids. You are not fed on the milk. You are meat eaters. And he has prepared you for such a time as this. In our culture, every single, wow, I'm way off script already, but okay, it's okay. In our culture, every single segment has been totally corrupted. I'm talking about media, I'm talking about arts and entertainment, I'm talking about Nominal Christianity in name only Christianity. You're not going to get any watered down 20 minute messages here. And if you don't like it, I'm not telling you to go somewhere else. I'm telling you to get with it. That's really the truth. It is not a time to be messing around. Our families have been corrupted. The doctrines about our families, not your families at RCC, I'm not saying that. But the doctrines of families, the ideas, the ideologies have been corrupted. Education. But you know what? You are the greater force in Christ. We have been on this journey these last weeks or months about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, what it is and how you do it. And you know what? The best approach, the best way to do spiritual warfare is to stay in Christ. It's really that simple. And we simply need to have, I'm already yelling, aren't I? Sorry. 
We simply need <laughs> to have a revelation of who Christ is for us, who Christ is in us, and where we are seated and what we actually have. That is the best spiritual warfare you will ever do. So anyway, that's what we're going to be, be talking about. We need to understand that the hosts of heaven are with us. God created angels for a reason. The hosts of heaven join with you to carry out his ministry. So the host, I'm talking about convergence of heaven and earth, beloved. This is a new, this is a new time. It's not that it hasn't been available, but we need revelation of what belongs to us. And the power that we have, the authority that we have, the dominion that we have. We are not here to be pushed around. You are not here to live a defeated life. And we just need to open our eyes like Elisha said to his servant and prayed, open his eyes. There are more that are for us than are against us. Because our Lord is for us and the hosts of heaven, angel armies, are alongside us fighting the fight. So, we need to open our eyes, have our eyes open, and we need to see the heavenly realm. Heaven on earth. Heaven in you. You understand what I'm talking about? We need to open our ears to hear the plans, the strategies of God. The heart of God. And this is totally accessible to every single believer. So, you are here to join forces with heaven. You are here to join with angel armies to enforce the order, the strategies, the atmosphere of heaven the perfect will, pleasure, good plans of God. You have been trained up in this church to be a united ecclesia, church, ecclesia, church, body of Christ, the body of Christ. That's, those have huge that, that phrase alone has huge implications. You are here to be his united ecclesia, carrying out his marching orders. It is not time to shrink back, to be timid, or to be apathetic. If there is something in your life that is unacceptable to you, according to the word, it is unacceptable to God. And in him, it gets corrected not accepted as a way of life. 
whether that's healing, whether that's redemption in families, all sorts of things, okay? Everyone has their own particular issue. So, we need to know who God created us to be, who he has established, he has established in heaven who you are created to be. That's how he sees you. The way he created you, his vision. He doesn't change his mind depending on the circumstances down here. So we need to know who we are. We need to understand Holy Spirit in us. We need to understand the magnitude, the magnitude of the power of God. We need to be the strategy of heaven here. Are y'all awake? Okay. In Christ, we have all authority, all power, all dominion. And you know what? You can say that all you want, but you have to, we, I, you, we have to get revelation of that. That's not something that we just give lip service to. We take it. We ask him to reveal more and more (coughs) of what that means. We choose intentionally. We choose to live in Christ. (coughs) We teach our children from little on. We do not let the, the, the schools teach our children. They're not going to teach them the right stuff. <coughs> we intentionally take our children back. We teach them from babes who they are in Christ. The most important thing you will ever do, you know, people say, oh, let them make their own decision. I'm sorry. You will either help them make that decision or the world will help them make the decision. You help them, you train them up, and the word says that they will not depart. You are the one responsible. God gave them to you, nobody else. And do not abdicate your authority. You take them from babes on, and teach them who they are in Christ. And if you're an aunt or an uncle and their parents don't like it, I don't care. And you shouldn't either. Because we are talking about eternity. We are talking about dominion power here on earth. If you are a grandma or a grandpa and and your kids don't like that you're teaching your grandkids about Jesus, too bad. You do not want to stand before God and say, I abdicated that responsibility. Or your nieces or your nephews or whoever it is. Whoever it is. Joe on the street, if you are given the opportunity. Okay. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But anyway, the point is, we have to choose to live in what's been put inside of us in, in the new birth, the new creation. We have to choose to walk in Christ. That is our choice. 
It's not enough just to be saved. Our lives must be surrendered to the Lordship of Yeshua, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And he's given us Holy Spirit, so we are without excuse, beloved. It is Christ, when we choose to be yielded, it is Christ who comes through in the fight. And that should be a tremendous assurance to all of us. So, you know, we, we, we've been talking about spiritual warfare, and I know everybody just can't wait till we get to Ephesians 6, where it lists all the powers and dominions and all that, right? I know we all just can't wait. But everything in Ephesians leads up to that, and we have to understand it first. We have to know it first. So when we're in Christ, we all, and all of Ephesians talks about our servanthood in Christ. It talks about Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay? It talks about a lot of things that we're going to be getting into on the next weeks. But we have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and giving us God's strategies and plans and implementations to open and close things here on earth to effect the outcome of eternity in people's lives. You've been given that. You've been given keys for that. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. So you have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. So you have the testimony of Jesus in you. You have the very instruction of the Godhead in every situation. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And today I am going to be going through a ton of the Aramaic translation from the Aramaic. So if you didn't get one of those sheets of paper, um, it was too much for me to put up there. So if you didn't get one of those sheets of paper, at, hold up your hand and somebody go Go get something for him. Okay, he's got one. Okay. The New Living Translation in Galatians 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Right there is the best spiritual warfare you will ever do. When we walk in Christ, in practice, in practice, in every area of our lives, the devil has no room to enter. Don't you want to have a no-enter zone? Don't you want to be a no-enter zone? I'm a no-enter zone. You're a no-enter zone. We leave the devil no space. We leave his cohorts no space. We're all filled up in Christ. My house, your house, is full of Christ, and the devil has no room to enter. I am filled to overflowing. You are filled to overflowing with Yeshua, the Messiah, and all that that means, everything that that means. The living God, the living God. 
He called himself the living God. We just finished studying all that. God has created you for dominion. And we need to live from a place of that dominion. We need to take our positions and hold and stand and release. We must shift our hearts and our minds to a new gear. We are shifting into a new gear. This is all stuff y'all know. I know it. Because you guys are strong. The Lord told me that you guys are steel rods. You are believers with steel rods down your back. So today is not an admonishment to you. Today is an encouragement to you. It's what to be looking for. It's where you are going. It's what you have. It's how you have been established in Jesus. We must adopt. You've been given the mind of Christ, but do you need to adopt it and use it? Absolutely. You need to walk in the anointing. That's, that's your road. That's your destiny, is to walk in his anointing. We are not just surviving here in life, trying to hold out against the devil and his cohorts. Absolutely not. It is totally the other way around. He is trying to hold out against you, and he cannot because you are the superior force. You have been united with Christ. The veil of separation has been torn, and you live in union with the Father God. What did we study like a year ago about the glory? What was it? Do you remember? Okay, one person, tell me. Jesus came from union with the Father in flesh. And his word is flesh in you. He said, I have come from the glory, union with my Father. That's what you have. That's where you live. That's your home. Oh, please, someone help me stop yelling. (sighs) I just want to talk like a normal person. It's just like I can't. But I really want to. I want to be one of those calm preachers that gets things across in a very understandable, peaceful way. (sighs) Anyway, you see, we are the superior force walking in Christ. The devil is trying to fight a battle against you that he's already lost. He cannot hold out. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He is bound. He is struggling. (laughs) He doesn't even know it, but you know it. You know it. We know it. 
and we must put it into practice in our lives. It must become a true revelation, a true revelation. Do you know when you receive rhema revelation from God, you walk in it. You walk in it because it's then a knowing. And so true rhema, true rhema is when you receive um, enlightenment in your heart from God, but it's not only receiving that word, it is because it is so real to you that you just walk in it. You don't even have to fight to walk in it. You just, that's just rhema that becomes reality to you. Okay, Matthew 16, I'm reading out of the Amplified, the uh, uh, classic condition, <laughs> the classic edition, Matthew 16, 15 through 19. He said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? Who are you going to decree Christ to be in your life? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, fortunate. Another version says, spiritually aware and to be envied are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood, meaning men, meaning the world, meaning the world's systems and ideologies, have not revealed this to you. You cannot depend on your flesh and blood. It is at enmity with God. But you have the Holy Spirit, the greater one in you. Reach for that revelation of God. Reach for it. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, Petros, a large piece of rock, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it. Listen to the rest of this. Or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Do you see where you are standing? Okay, so in, 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 in fleshly minds, why do we have that so wrong? It's extremely clear here. You are not holding out against the devil. You've already won. You've got the victory. You've got all you need. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You have the keys as a born-again believer. How are those keys activated? The word, specifically the word spoken out from you, the word that you choose to speak out in agreement with the Father, in agreement with God. You, you can disagree with God. You can be a born-again Christian and be disagreeing with God in some area. You see? 
But these keys, they are voice activated. They are the word in your mouth coming out of your heart. And whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, declare unlawful, I mean lawful, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. You have that authority. You have those keys. We are not just here holding out. We are a dominant force with which to be reckoned. And you need to not see yourself as being pushed around. Does that mean you don't walk in love? No, of course not. We speak the love and truth. We speak the, the truth in love, right? Okay. We declare, we stand on the word. Our agreement with God activates those keys, and we must adopt our God-given position. So how do we live in Christ? All of Ephesians 1 basically directs us to be servants of Christ. Nobody likes that word anymore. Well, just get over it. Servant is a good word. It is a kind and loving word. I want to be yielded to my Lord and Savior because he is my salvation, my protection, my provision, everything I need. And I want to be a servant. I want to be a servant. To put on the new man, we have to understand this. We put on to be a servant. We believe in the new man. We believe in who we have been recreated to be. To understand truly what our redemption fully means. What our redemption needs. To understand what it means to have that wall of separation totally torn to shreds by the blood of Jesus. By what he did for us. It's been demolished. To know our fullness. That he... Christ, the anointed, the anointed one is active in me. He's active in you. He's your powerhouse. He's your source of all energy. To understand God's love for us. You know, if you don't understand anything else, which I know everybody here does, but say you have a person that doesn't just start on the love of God, just the love of God, just pour the love of God because it will bring revelation of everything else. How much God loves them. So we need these understandings because these understandings will end confusion in your life. Places where, you, you know, you don't... Okay, I'm, I'm saying you generic, not you RCC believers. People, places where people don't understand the full revelation of how they've been recreated. See, when we get this, it'll end confusion in our lives and empower us to do his perfect and pleasing will. Okay? Secondly, Ephesians goes on and explains to us that we are sealed. You are sealed in the Holy Spirit. You are sealed. Think about what, a, about what a seal does. It closes out everything else. You are sealed in the Holy Spirit. Wow. 
The Holy Spirit testifies of Christ, so that means when we remain yielded to the Holy Spirit, we are the testimony of Christ. Come on, put on that, put on that cloak. Come on. You are the testimony of Christ. Wear it. You, as his testimony, are the undefeatable manifestation of the glory of God here. So we're going to, I want you, you guys, in the coming weeks, look over all the places in Ephesians. In Ephesians, start in Ephesians 1. Look at all the places where it talks about being in him and the results of that. Okay? The result of standing in Christ. So Paul starts this letter in Ephesians 1. He starts the letter recognizing and bringing the Ephesians' attention to the fact, the very fact, the foundational elemental fact, that they are in Yeshua the Messiah. That's their position as a believer. You are in Yeshua, the Messiah. This is of, of utmost importance. He, he obviously started his letter with that, and it's of utmost importance to you in your life that you understand it. He calls them holy. He calls them. He does not call them sinners. He does not call them wretched. He does not call them unclean. He calls them holy and faithful in Yeshua, the Messiah. Do you understand that he sees you as holy and faithful? Do you see yourself that way? He marks them. The very opening of the passage, he marks them. He sets them apart with a special standing, special blessing, and special responsibility as a result of that standing. Right? Ephesians 1.3. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, he who has blessed us with all, all the spiritual blessings in heaven in the Messiah. What is it in heaven that you are walking without right here on this earth? What is it? You don't have to answer me, but okay. Let's see, this is causing a problem. What is it? What spiritual blessing in heaven can you identify in your life that you are walking without? Okay, well, don't do that anymore. Don't walk without it anymore. Believe God. Believe his word. Know what belongs to you. Get in the word and, 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 and speak that word, that revelation. Get it in the revelation of your heart and speak it out and, and take it. Because we are in Christ, we have all spiritual blessings which are in heaven in the Messiah. 
It has come to you now. The convergence of heaven and earth now. When you think of heaven, okay, when you think of heaven, do you think of any limits? Do you think of any laugh? Do you think of any harm? Do you think of any hurt? Then don't settle for it here. It's not what belongs to you here. No, in Christ you are delivered. You have been delivered from all of that and you are given the fullness of Christ in Yeshua the Messiah. You are given the fullness of Christ in all that he is and all that that means. You have the fullness of God, his very glory. Ephesians 1, 3 in the NIV. That was in the Aramaic. That's why you guys have those little sheets of paper. The one that I just read was in the Aramaic. Now I'm going to read the NIV. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Do you know that you are intended to walk in the heavenly realms here? This is not for later. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's here on earth. I'm going to keep saying this word, convergence. Convergence of heaven and earth. You are blessed in heavenly realms. What exists in heaven belongs to you in your Christ-likeness, in your in-him status. You're in him Christ's likeness here on earth. Every spiritual reality of Christ when you are in Christ. Okay, reading from the Aramaic, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. Just as he chose us beforehand in him, in him, to be a part of him, right? In him, that reality from before the foundation of the universe, that, pay attention to the little words, okay? Because it means, the word that there, that's God's goal, that's his purpose, that's his plan, okay? That we shall be holy and without spot before him. He predestined this. This is you. Say, this is me. And he ordained us, ordained, settled beforehand in love. That's the love of God for you, for himself. He ordained you for him. You are not a secondhand throwaway. You are mighty, majestic, full of glory. Jesus said that he has given us the glory that God gave him for himself, and he has constituted. You know what the word constituted means? It means that you are a part of the whole. How many of you get excited by the fact that you are the, a part of the whole? The whole God, the whole Jesus, the whole Holy Spirit. You can't make a cake without eggs. Well, you can get egg substitute. But we don't, we don't work on substitutes here. 
We got the real thing. <laughs> we got the real Jesus. We got the real Jesus. And if he's too wild for anybody, well, just wake up and get wild with him. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Gosh, you think he, he is so in love with you. He is so in love with you. <laughs> he has constituted you as part of his whole effort, his whole body, his whole presence, his whole glory as children by Yeshua the Messiah. As that, his goal is pleasing to his will. Do you know you are pleasing? That you are his child is so pleasing to him. He is so pleased that you have accepted him as your father. United in him. United in his glory. United in his presence. That is pleasing to his will, to the praise. Listen to this. Listen, beautiful. This is a beautiful phrase. To the praise of his glorious grace. I praise his glorious grace in my life. I don't do it all right. You don't do it all right. But his grace is so glorious. which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That means in Christ. You have been given his glorious grace. You are predestined to be his child through Christ to his good pleasure, pleasing to him. God the Father is pleased to have you as his child. He chose you to be just that. He wants you to receive and walk as his child, in his glorious grace, and he designed you for his glory. He designed you for his glory before the foundation of the world. He thought of you. He saw you. He created you for his glory. He created you to be a glory carrier. He created you to be a vessel of his very glory. That's who you are. He'll never see you any other way. To be without spot or wrinkle before him. You can stand before him in Jesus knowing that this is how he sees you. To be loved by him for himself. You are created by him for him. He sees you complete in his vision of you. He sees you complete in Christ when he sees you. Through the blood, he sees you. He sees you holy. He sees you spotless in Christ. Again from the Aramaic, Ephesians 1, 6 through 7. That the glory of his grace may be praised, that which overflows upon us by his beloved one. Just, just think about that phrase. 
the glory of his grace, that which overflows upon us by his beloved one. For in him we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins by his blood according to, according to the riches of his grace. You, that word according, according, you are defined by his grace. You are defined by the superabundant grace that he has poured out on you. That's your definition. Anything else that doesn't agree with that in your life, get rid of it. That which has superabounded in us in all wisdom and in all intelligence. It is time, beloved, for you for you, for me, to own our holiness, to own our spotlessness, to own our redemption. You see that? This empowers us when we, I I know I hate that word because everybody uses it, but really it is a power unto you, a, a life unto you to be free and to walk as he desires. When you see yourself this way, it will break off the chains and the shackles and the bondages, and it will free you to walk as the glory carrier that he has intended you to be. It is time for you to own your forgiveness. It is time for you to own your total redemption in him. We need to quit messing around. We need to quit living in defeat. He doesn't need you living in defeat if if he needs you to reach the world, the people around you, your community. And it is time for us to understand the resulting dominion that comes from that understanding. Does that make sense? We have to own our dominion in this earth. It is time for you to be clothed in the glory for which he purposed you. It is time for you to define yourself the way that he has defined you. This is the glory of his grace, which overflows upon you and superabounds in you, and this is how you walk in Christ. Know the revelation of the glory that he has deposited in you by the overflowing, superabounding glory of his grace in you. Now we're going to define grace, okay? Okay, I know, I know the definition that everybody immediately thinks of, and I call it the cheap definition. <laughs> there is some truth in it. There is an element of truth in it. Yes, I will agree with that, but it is a totally insufficient definition of the word grace. Everybody says it is getting that which we don't deserve. Most of the time when I hear that, I kind of want to throw up. But I will admit there, 
there's, there's an element of truth that's part of, let's say that's part of the definition of grace. I want to go and I want us to look at the fullness of that definition of that word. Because grace is not just about getting. No, no, no. Grace is not about getting. Grace is about seeing. Grace is about seeing. S-E-E-I-N-G. Seeing. Open eyes. Okay? So David Cho, I don't know if y'all know him, but, you know, he wrote this book called Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. And he explains, he had one of the better definitions that I've seen, he explains that in the original Greek, grace was defined as the ultimate in beauty. Get a hold of that, okay? The ultimate in beauty. That's how grace was defined originally in the Greek. The ultimate, oh, so I can talk louder? <laughs> the ultimate in beauty. That is, that is an overwhelming concept to me. We must, God is saying to us, in my grace, you must see my beauty. You must see my ultimate beauty. It's bigger than anything that you can even imagine, and it is all for you. It's bigger than anything I can think of. It's more beautiful than anything I have ever seen or ever will see. Until I come to the point that I totally understand the heart of Christ. <laughs> right? But it is bigger than my imagination because it is God. So when the, when the Greeks saw beauty in something and it brought joy to them, they said that that was full of grace. When they saw something beautiful and it brought joy, now think of overwhelming joy, they said it was full of grace. So through God's grace, we see his beauty. Through God's grace, we see his beauty, the purposes of his beauty, the passion of his beauty. We see this. And through God's grace, we understand then how beautiful we are to him. See that? Does that make sense? You get to see, because he has poured out his grace, you get to see how beautiful you are to him. How he sees you. That he sees you as beautiful. He created you as beauty. Secondly, okay, this is the part of the definition that is impartial. It was favor. Okay, the word favor. Okay, and that's good, but we want to take that even a step further. We want to define favor, or that grace, as goodwill given out of overflowing unconditional love with no expectation of anything in return, any reward or any repayment. You get that? His unconditional love poured out 
in abundance over you with no expectation of reward or repayment. God's beauty poured out on us. Thirdly, grace was referred. Now get this. This is awesome. A praiseworthy work, a praiseworthy work, exhibiting virtues far exceeding the common. You are a praiseworthy work exhibiting virtues, the very virtues of God far exceeding the common. Woo! I'm sorry. Get a hold of it, beloved. You're going to be here a little longer today. Do you understand what this is going to do for you when you walk in it and get the revelation of Christ's heart, of the Father's heart for you? This is irreplaceable time. You are recreated and you have been given virtues far beyond the common. You are given the very substance of God in you, dwelling in you, the very substance of God. God has superabounded to overflowing the glory of his grace upon every believer. This will help you when you look at your brother and your sister. It'll help you. That'll clean out your heart. So through it, we see his ultimate, above and beyond, far above, beauty. The unconditional love, the favor. That because of his grace, we have been established in Christ. You understand that? Because of his grace, he has established you in Christ. And all of that means. Ephesians 1.9 Again, reading out of the Aramaic, the translation from the Aramaic, your papers. And he has taught us the mystery of his will, that which he had before ordained to perform in himself for the administration. You have a role to play, and of course this talks about end times, okay? For the administration of the end of time, and that, of course, is his ultimate administration, but do you think you have a part to play in getting there? You sure do. In himself, for the administration of the end times, that all things which are in heaven and in earth would be made new again by the Messiah. All things in heaven and earth made new again. That includes you. Would be made new again by the Messiah. And we are chosen by him as he had before ordained us and willed to do all according to the counsel of his will. So let me, let me just say this. This is, of course, like I said, this is for the end times, but you have a part in the administration. And the only way that you can fully 
do everything that God wants you to do and accomplish and, and, and implement his, his strategies and his plans and his perfection and his end time harvest and his growing up disciples who are going to change things. The only way for you to do that is for you to understand you're in Christ's mess, his grace upon you that you are united with him in an effort with him, that the holy angels are with you implementing his plans, his messages. You are the convergence of heaven and earth. He needs you. You are the convergence. Do you understand how critical you are to accomplish his will here on earth? We have to take hold of this understanding and this reality. You are made new again by the Messiah. Christ brings all, to, all things together in heaven and earth, in you, under, under him. When you walk in Christ, not according to your flesh, you seek him, you stay subjected to him, you stay yielded to him. The new man has dominion to accomplish his perfect will. Bringing all things together in heaven and earth. He determined to, to perform his will through and in himself, through you, for the administration of his end time purposes. We gotta get in there. We gotta stay in the fight. This means that because we are in Christ, because you are in Christ, we are given all power, all authority, all dominion of Christ for the administration of the end times to accomplish his purposes. Does that sound to you like a conquered ecclesia? Hello! And it is not a conquered ecclesia. Do not give up. There's still a lot of fight that has to be fought. We are not an ecclesia just holding out against the devil. That is not who we are. That is not the picture. Get that picture gone. We are in union with the Father himself, Christ in us. We are in union with the warring holy host of heaven. His warring angels to see him and him alone manifested in our personal lives and in our communities and in our world. I do not want anyone to say, oh, the world has just gone to pot. If it's gone to pot, it's your fault. It hasn't. He's got a lot that he yet needs to happen and you are going to be with him, doing it with him. Ephesians 1.13, Aramaic. For you also heard by him the word of truth. The NIV says, right there, says you are included in Christ. That's a powerful sentence. You are included in Christ. 
which the good news of your salvation, which is the good news of your salvation, and you believed him. You believed in him. Have you believed in him? Then all this belongs to you. And you believed in him, and you were sealed in the spirit of holiness. Sealed. Who was promised? Who is the pledge of our inheritance for the redemption of those who are living and for the glory of his honor? NIV there says, for those who are God's possession. I love, I love being God's possession. He owns me. I love that I'm owned by God. That's a really wonderful place to be. I got this big, bad daddy. That's going to take care of me. And you. You are included in Christ. You are marked in Christ. You are marked with a seal. You are sealed in the Holy Spirit. It is guaranteeing your inheritance. You are God's possession. I am owned by God. You are owned by God. Can evil overcome God's possession? You got that right. Ephesians 1, 17, again from the Aramaic. So that God, the God, the, the God of our Lord Yeshua and the Messiah, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation with his knowledge. His knowledge. We talked about keys earlier. What do keys do? They open doors. They lock doors. He'll give you what you need to know. His very knowledge. And that the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened. We have eyes to see. Say this. I have eyes to see. I have ears to hear. And I have a heart that knows the wisdom of God. That you will know what is the hope of his calling, his calling, his calling. And what is the wealth, the wealth, the wealth of the glory of his inheritance for the holy ones? That's you. His inheritance in us, it cannot be any more plain than that. Paul prays that God gives us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the revelation of the knowledge of God. He prays that our eyes and our hearts are going to be enlightened so that we know the hope of the calling. That's what we have. It is available to us, our heavenly engagement. See that? Our heavenly engagement. So that we know, so that we know, that we know, that we know, I know the wealth of the glory, of his glory and his inheritance for us in Christ. Are y'all walking on water yet today? <laughs> you should be. Are you walking on the clouds? <laughs> 
we must believe that he has created us to move from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory by him, receiving the revelation and the pow- of the power of Christ in us, the life of Christ in us, which defeats every form of darkness, every, every form of death. Christ in us, the hope of our salvation and the glory, the presence of God moving in us and moving through us. The hope and the glory, the hope and the glory, the hope and the glory. Ephesians 1.19, Aramaic, and Paul prayed that we would know what is the excellence. Okay, get, just get this phrase. This is, this is such a power-packed phrase. What is the excellence of the greatness of his power in us? The excellence of the greatness of his power in us by those things which we believe What are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the full Christ gospel? Are you going to believe the living God? According, listen to this. This is awesome. By those things which we believe, according to the action of the immensity of his power, You have an action of the immensity of his power coursing through you. That's some meat, beloved. That's what's working in your lives. The action of the immensity of his power, which he performed in the Messiah, and the Messiah in us, performs the same and raised him from among the dead and set him at the right hand in heaven, the same power in us that he exerted, used, sent forth when he raised Jesus from the dead. So that power, the same power in you is meant to be exerted, used, and sent forth from your very being. We are designed to know that inheritance in us. We are designed to know that glory in us. We are designed to know the greatness of his power in us. The NIV says his mighty strength in us Aramaic, the action of the immensity of his power in us, that is the same power that he performed in the Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father, and that's what's in you. The scripture tells us this. I'm not making this up. You can read it for yourself. This is your package. This is how he packaged you. The same power. This is the truth. This is the truth about Christ in you. The NIV says the same power he used when he seated Christ in heavenly realms. If if Christ is seated, are you seated in heavenly realms? Has there been a convergence in your life? Yes. So what does it mean? Where are we seated? How are we seated? 
Ephesians 1.21. It says, higher, higher, higher. There's a song. There's a song like that. What is that song? Oh, well. I know. It keeps going higher, higher, higher. Higher than all principalities, rulers, powers, and dominions. Plural, plural. Higher than every name that is named not only in this universe, but also in the one that is coming. And he has put everything into subjection. Subject to you. Because subject to Christ. Under his feet. And he has given him, Jesus, who is higher than all, as the head of the church, your head, the church, you personally, and as the ecclesia, which is his body and the fullness. That's you. You are his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's every believer. We need to grow into that. We need to fill up those big shoes, right? Higher than all principalities, higher than all rulers, dominions, and powers, higher than every name that is named, Everything is subjected to Christ under his feet, and God has given Christ, who is higher than all, to be your head. So if he is your head, you, you, and you, you know, follow him, you, you try to walk like Christ, right? You are his body, his fullness, who fills all in all. So as long as you are taking your directions from the master, your Lord and Savior, living with one with, you are living as one with him, you are attached to him, you are united with him, you are connected with him, you are joined in him, you are a constituted part of him, right? Then you are above every ruler, power, dominion that exists. Absolutely, yes. All forces listed in this verse right here, are under your feet. Because he is your head, and you are his body. And the head turns the body, doesn't it? The head makes decisions for the body. I just want him to make my decisions for me every day. And he does that because I like, come on, Holy Spirit, just tell me what you want me to do. Do I mess up? Yes, I mess up. Do you mess up? Yes, you mess up. But that's okay. We can all get back on track. We say, sorry, and we, and we turn. So I want you to notice that all these powers that we just talked about in 121, they're, they're the same ones that are at the end of the verse, at uh, the end of the book in Ephesians 6, 12. If you ever, did you ever notice that? They're the same. So this tells me that the best spiritual warfare that I can do is to recognize my in him Christ-likeness and walk in it. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. This is me. This is the church. You are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It is time to walk in that fullness. It is time to understand the convergence. It is no more cowardice. No more shame. No more guilt keeping you from walking in who you are meant to be. No more apathy. No more unbelief. That's all just too good to be true. Well, it's all just words on a page. No, it's only words on a page if you let it just be words on a page. The word has the very life of God in it.
So we need to identify the places in our lives where, we, where flesh thinking and flesh acting are holding us back. That's what we need to do. And everyone can do, and don't, do not point your finger, beloved. Your job is you. Identify those places. Do some soul searching. And don't point fingers. Give love. Recognize the strategies. Recognize the lies where the devil is, the, the devil is trying to employ against you. He can't win. He's just trying to employ. He's just trying to inflict damage. Reposition yourself. Reposition yourself in terms of where you are standing with regard to the devil and his forces. Shift into spirit gear. You are above them. You are wise to the devil and his strategies and his cohorts. You are awake. You are aware of their destructions and their plots. You are not holding out against him. He is trying to hold out against you, but they cannot because they are the weaker force. They are the weaker element. They get burned up. Do you realize that? Do not be discouraged. Do not be disillusioned. Do not be disinterested or apathetic. Generations have been lost because of apathy. We are winning them back. We are taking the spoils. We are bringing in the harvest. We will not suffer them to be allowed to be burned up. We cannot let discouragement disillusionment, disinterestedness steal our victory. We will not let that happen. We are going to stay alert. We are going to stay vigilant. We are going to obey the word. We are going to know and enforce our rights. And we will not leave the spoils lying on the ground. I am tired of it. I am not leaving. Wrong word. I'm not tired of anything. I never get tired. But I am not going to stand by and watch the spoils on the ground go ungathered. You have promises in the word and the spoils belong to you. We must know the harvest I mean the promise, and we must gather the harvest. We must decree a thing according to God's word and know that it is accomplished and that it is done in our lives and not move off of that. Have I said a thing? Will I not perform it? Have I said a thing? Will I not perform it? Have I said a thing? Will I not perform it? We have got to look for the meat and chew the meat and take the meat and, get, and not pay attention to the fluff.
We are going to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. We are not in fear, we are in glory. If that's the only thing you get today, you are not in fear, you are in glory. You are not in fear, you are in glory. Quit looking for something out there. He's placed it within you. And he is waiting for it to explode out of you. We must employ our unity with heaven. Get that? We must employ our unity with heaven. We must employ our God-given authority. We must stand in the realm of heaven here on earth. You are a king. You are a queen. You are a child of God. You are an heir of God. You are a co-heir with Jesus. You are the body of Christ. Stand confidently in his glory. I'm going to read you one more verse in the NIV. 1 John 2, 18, 20, and 27. Maybe three more verses. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. But you have an anointing, but you have an anointing, but you have an anointing, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. Remains. It remains in me. It remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Hallelujah. That, my beloved, is how you do spiritual warfare. Okay, that's what the Lord had me uh, share with you today. We're